It's Monday, August 31st, and we had a threesome with Soul Taco. Welcome to Eat It, Virginia. Hello and welcome to Eat It, Virginia, voted second best podcast in Richmond by the readers of Richmond Magazine. My name is Scott Wise, and I'm joined by my friend, my friend, Roby Martin. Roby, a threesome. A <laughs> threesome. But there was five of us. <laughs> yes, it, I don't know what to call that. So we've got, we had all three of them. All three of them. And the all two of us. And the two of us. So and, five. And big news. Actually, we're in the same vicinity today. We are. I can see you and you have a lot more hair than the last time I it's saw probably you. a little grayer too. It might be actually, but I kind of like it. It looks distinguished and I'm getting right into it. You had a date. Are you calling me a silver fox? I didn't say that. I said distinguished, but we'll go with it. Well, I think... And we're going to ask everybody over on the Instagram, which is at Eat It Virginia, or you guys can send us an email at eatitvirginia at gmail.com. But I think that we should call your date up the next podcast and ask her how it went. I can tell you we dined outside. Nice. At Terraza, a uh, Mexican restaurant off Staples Mill Road in the near West End. Uh, Tacos. Good. Which is fitting because yeah. today we're talking to Soul Taco, a different taco place, <laughs> different less Mexican, taco. more Richmond. I want to like this is not a dating podcast. This is I a don't food care. and restaurant. I want to. We're calling her. Can we call so her? If, if the people want to hear from her, then we will call her. The people are me, and I want well, to hear. We're going to find her. out. You should put an Instagram poll up on your on your on your Instagram. On my gram, it'll go. And if if it's fifty one percent yes, then we'll we'll call her up and we'll get a review. It's going to be a hundred percent yes because she. I, I'm going to vote no, Let's so we'll be a hundred percent. What they want. <laughs> Roby, this is amazing. I can see you. I'm in your. I'm at your. We're in the the, the lovely studio behind Roby's house. Yep. Everybody, meet my birds. It's an open air. So hopefully, we sound a little better this mm-hmm. week because we're, you know. Face to face. Boop, boop, boop. I love it. How has your week been? Uh, my week has been, I mean, pretty easy. Let's see. I've done some dining at certain places. I went to Hatch Kitchen. Tell me about Hatch Kitchen. I had a tomato sandwich that would blow your mind. Is this one of those ghost kitchens or is this an actual restaurant? This is an actual cafe in Hatch. They're doing like a bunch of fun sandwiches and they have some really sexy beer if you're into that. What part of town is this? This is at the Clopton Site Works right there at the back end of Manchester. Okay, so south of the river? Yeah, yeah. It's where their actual ghost kitchen is happening. It just happens to be in the front of it. It's really, really lovely. I'll have to go check that out. What else did I do? I've been to the Long Oven outside. I brought you presents. I'd like you to know that Scott came over to record this podcast with me and brought me nothing. But I, I being the wonderful human I am, we are currently, no joke, he had a cocktail that was canned from Alewife. So Thank that's you, Katie. One. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Katie. We had salsa from Salsa Don Sebastian. Thank you, America. Yep. Chips from Capital Chips. So that's Jen. Thank, Thank you, Jen. Jen. I've met Jen before. Yep. Jen and I go way back so, earlier this summer. So freaking lovely. And they go so well with our wine from Booth. Gotta love Booth Hardy. I talked to him yesterday and he thinks he got fired. From his own business? From Eat Virginia. Oh, from the podcast. <laughs> yes. that was Doesn't he own Barrel Thief? <laughs> yes. I don't know if he got fired. I think the, I think the coronavirus happened. That kind of fired everybody, didn't it? It did not fire him, and we want Booth back. So, Booth, please don't feel like you've been fired. We need all of your wine knowledge. And I'm thinking maybe if I can convince Scott into it and anybody else is into it, that we'll just do a big group virtual podcast where Booth just teaches us some wine 101s. Like a Facebook Live almost? Yeah. That'd be awesome. I'd be down with that for sure. I, th- I feel like if we, we could do like an Eat It Virginia pack. 
three wines. A pa- oh, pack. Yeah. Yeah, like P. It's like a pact. Like, no, like a like, like, we're like blood a brothers. Blood brothers. No, yeah, no, no, no. Like a pack of wine, three wines. And what, Booth could what be, would be like. What would be Roby's wine in that? All three of them. Triumvirate. No, come on. You yeah, have don't pick... want to have all, all three of Well, bottles. that's not so fair now, is it? I don't, you, I don't get a choice. You can have your own pack. All right. So, <laughs> we say, eat a Virginia pack, but we're all doing our own packs. Yes, yes. I think it's a great idea that needs a little bit of finessing. Damn. I have a question for you, Roby. Okay, hit it. So, I have been living at home, well, for a long time, but not leaving my house <laughs> since March. You know what? That's good to hear. I have not been to the office since March. And what I'm trying to say, that I'm spending a lot more time in my own kitchen. Okay. And How's it looking there there the first time? Of, there are a variety of appliances in said kitchen. Sure. Um, many of which I don't know how to use precisely. Well, how did they get there if you didn't know where they came from? I didn't say I didn't know where they came okay. from. I said I didn't know how to use them. You just them bought exactly. an appliance. You're like, maybe this will look good on my counter. Life is complicated. <laughs> okay. What can I say? Okay, hit me. Wait, I feel like you're going to. I have an oven. Okay. Like yeah, most people do. Good. There's a button on the oven that intrigues me. Okay. It says self-cleaning. Yep. Should I press that button? Yeah. What happens when I press that button? Well, usually the door locks, so you can't do anything stupid. And then the... The oven door, just to be clear. Yes. Not the front door. (laughs) Not the front door, no. Not one of those smart homes where everything (laughs) kind of just locks down. Everything's done. Um, The door locks, and it rises to a high enough temperature that it burns everything off. It just disintegrates? The oven does not, but yes. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yes. Now, are there any like things I should know before hitting this button? Or that just... it takes forever. Okay. So maybe when I wake up in the morning, hit the button, and then by the end of my workday, it's done? Yes, but it will be warm. So my suggestion is you wait till the fall. Okay. Is your oven particularly unclean? Well... This is where you say no. This is where you say no. No, it's it's totally clean. I was gonna say. I've just never pressed that button. Usually, I'm like on my hands and knees scrubbing with like a soap and water. It's not one of those like Warner Brother cartoons things that if you press the button, the anvil drops out of the sky. That's what I was worried about. All right, you're good. Zero anvil. I'm crossing one of my things off my uh, list of things to talk about. Oh, good. We got a a list. A pro. (laughs) Well, thanks. I didn't realize that's where you were going. Did I mention I haven't left home a lot in the last several months? Or, Or. Ne- and never cleaned your oven. How long have you lived in this house? Next question. <laughs> um, movies. Hit me. Have you been watching a lot of movies since you've been pretty much on self-quarantine since March? I watch a lot of dumb movies. Are you watching new movies or movies that bring you back to your childhood? Whatever is on HBO. Whatever is on HBO. Okay. Like I just recently... Is that your only venue or do you have Netflix and Amazon Prime you and Hulu? You can just assume and- we have all the outlets. But you only watch HBO. It just happens to be that what comes on the TV when I, I think you on. are weirder than I am. Probably. So I ha- just realized this. The Matthew McConaughey, Kate Hudson movie, How to Get, Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Uh-huh. It's 17 years old today. Today? You just realized that? No, it like came up in my Instagram and I just watched it. And is it good? I don't think I've seen that one. Actually, I know I you're like a big him. McConaughey fan. I freaking love him. You know that. I'd like to have him here for a steak right now. He, if he comes to Richmond, he's totally. That's why you like to have him here for a steak? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about this before. We the have podcast. on this podcast. Look here, Matt. He can't travel right now. It's okay. When he can, he wants to come here for a steak. Let me tell you what I got. Speaking of appliances. Well, all right. I mean, I got a little baby. I was going somewhere with the movie. Oh gosh. Okay. Okay, it's all about me. Yeah, I know. Go. I was asking you a question to get to my answer, basically. Okay, tell me about your movies. I, I stumbled upon a movie that brought me back to my childhood. Oh, great. So I was born in the late 70s. Was it a concert? Weird in the 80s. Well, it's a music. It's very, very perceptive. It's a movie. 
It's a music-themed movie. Have you seen Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo? I'm getting a blank stare. No one has seen it. I'm getting a blank stare. <laughs> I can tell you right now. You've never seen Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo? No one has. That's a, is first that of all, an actual that's movie false. title? Who is in it? Movie's great. Um, it's a sequel to Breaking, which was the original 1984 production. Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo came out the same year as Breaking 1. Both movies, the same, they, they rushed the second one to production. You look because so the, unenthralled right now. Because the first one was so you good. Even, you can't even fake this. this is, <laughs> yeah, no. I know there's other Breaking 2 fans out there. Oh, wait, Please let who, me know. I would like to know who is the first Breaking fan. It's the same. Oh, me. You watched that one too. Of course. Both in 1984 when they came out? Probably. And then for years thereafter. I could almost, I haven't seen it in probably 20 years, but I could do it almost word for word watching it the other day. All right, well, I'm going to say that you probably didn't watch it when it come, came out because you would have been seven and I need to have a word with your parents. It's not a bad movie. No, it's, it's a family movie. It's a family movie? Absolutely. There's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Is there any swears? No, not Zero at all. swears. It's, it's, it's a musical. I mean, it's a breakdancing musical. Yeah, Promise no. me you'll watch it this week and, li- and live tweet it. I will watch it this week and live tweet it and then lie to you to, to, to tell you that it was good. All right. You were going to say something about your appliances? Well, I was going to tell you what I got because I thought you might want to hear about my appliances. My, I, I mean, I've cleaned my oven before, so I, I feel hear like it. this is like a, going somewhere. We do have the folks from Soul Taco coming up in a, what'd you call it? A threesome? A threesome. Okay, that's coming up in a little bit. But first, we're going to talk about Roby's. A, mo- a menage a taco. <laughs> <laughs> no. Sounds delicious. Yes. Sacrilicious. That better be on their menu. A uh, menage a taco. Oh, I perused their menu before. You know, they have a date night menu that comes complete with dinner for two and. A menage a taco? Condoms. <laughs> no way, really? Yeah, you know, just Why in case. Why didn't I talk to them about that? tacos an aphrodisiac? All right, we don't need to talk about my appliance now because this is too good. Here are the guys from Soul Taco. <laughs> well, Scott, this is a, a big Zoom call today. I like it. I have all of Soul Taco with me today. Um, how about we have you guys introduce yourselves? Um, hi, I'm Nar Hovnanian. I'm one of the owners, partners of Soul Taco. Um, handle a lot of the operations, marketing, branding, pretty much it. Uh, my name's Ari Augenbaum. I'm the executive chef here at Soul Taco. Well, I guess that leaves me. I am Trey. I am one of the owners of Soul Taco as well. Let's start with how you guys met each other. Trey and I used to work together uh, many, many years ago. He was a server. I was a manager at... Uh, a restaurant called Ketchup in the National Harbor in uh, uh, in Maryland. Kind of lost touch for a couple of years, and then through Facebook, circled back around uh, and started reconnecting, becoming friends again. And Nora and I have been friends for a while as well, and so I kind of connected the two of them through through me, I suppose. I think I've been to Ketchup in the National Harbor, believe it or not. Really? That's where the big uh, Ferris wheel is, and the, the beach, yeah. beach and everything. Yeah. Is it actually spelled ketchup with a K? It is, or it was. It better have the best French fries ever. <laughs> no, I don't want to talk about them too much, so no comment. But I will say that our newest location at Cabana, we took over the kitchen at Cabana Rooftop, that has the best French fries ever. Well, yeah. Gauntlet thrown, and you, you know how much I like a French fry, so yeah, I'm all over that. Podcast, <laughs> plug in the new location already. That's, that's good, Ari. <laughs> I like it. So wait, let's talk about this. So you guys met each other, like hung out a bit, worked together at a restaurant, and then we're like, you know what? We'll just open three 
restaurants in the span of two years, a little less than two years? You know, I, I kind of want to feel that one also because that's a little exaggerated. Actually, Nar and Trey met, what, 48 hours before we signed the lease? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yep. So it wasn't like we uh, met and hung out for a while. It was like, you want to do this? Or you trust him? Or you trust her? Okay, let's do it. Yep. So to be fair, Ari and I had been in business for about, what, six months at that time? Point. Yeah, solid. <laughs> right. We, I think it was close uh, to eight, okay. <laughs> we own a couple of condos <laughs> together, um, which hopefully one day will be a full-blown real estate company. Um, we buy condos in the D.C. area, um, in depressed areas. We flip them, make them beautiful houses, uh, and make them available to Section 8 tenants um, with the hope that uh, people that are kind of down in their luck can't really afford um, you know, great living quarters are kind of will be met up with these condos and that'll kind of change a little bit of their life and their perspective and things like that. Um, so we started doing that and then um, found a restaurant in the DC area that we were interested in, went to kind of go see it. Just, I think at that point we were probably just having fun, you know, let's go have lunch, let's go see the space and let's see what happens. Um, we ended up making an offer, not getting the space and then some way somehow decided that this is absolutely what we wanted to do. And Trey and Ari have been in restaurants for a very long time. I come from the event production world. Um, I fancy myself a foodie, if you will. And I really thought I was like, this is going to be easy. <laughs> I could do this with my eyes closed. Turns out <laughs> probably one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. And I'm really happy that I actually, I'm working with business partners that know what they're doing because I would have failed by myself. <laughs> so I have a big sip of that wine real quick, Nara. I know, right? Happy <laughs> Tell me, what are the things that you've Cheers. been most surprised about and the, the most challenging things uh, with the business? Prior to COVID-19 would have been Ari. <laughs> Honestly, one of the biggest challenges was just um, being ready for anything is is the biggest challenge is like knowing that other challenges are going to come along is the biggest challenge you know like because now i said going into it we were like all right we can we can do this yeah and then it's just like problems that you never knew you could ever have just come up in the span of like five minutes and you just have to be ready to go from one thing to the next to the next and just figure it out you know um and I think that we got a good share of that in the beginning to where it, you know, COVID-19 came and we were like, all right, we're ready for this. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's so spot on because literally every single morning we would wake up when we first opened the first Soul Taco and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like this can't, like I cannot wake up to like a fire every single morning. This is the worst thing ever. And now it's kind of the same, but you're just used to it. And you're like, it's all yep. gonna work itself out. It'll be fine. Let me make a couple calls. So what were the problems before the virus? Yeah, your regular standard things. You know, there's a leak here, the HVAC is not working there, this person called out of work. You know, things that don't sound like they might be the end of the world, but you know, when you're in it, it's hard to mm. see through it. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Right now, after, you know, we gained some perspective with COVID-19 and now right. nothing, we had no problem. So let's back up. So you guys opened a restaurant. It was a brand new thing for the, the three of you all to own a restaurant. Who 
came up with the menu? Who decided the name would be Soul Taco? Like, what, like, walk me through how that was a collaborative effort. So we still don't quite remember where Soul Taco <laughs> came from. So when Nara and I were talking about opening a restaurant in D.C., we were talking about opening a grilled cheese bar. And that was where our heart was. That's what we wanted to do. And somehow it just became a soul food taco, soul food Latin fusion restaurant in Richmond instead of a grilled cheese bar in D.C., and none of us quite understand when that shift was made, why or how, but it just, we woke up one day and we're like, this is what we're going to do now. And well, we just ran know, with it. I'm going to, I'm going to interject because I don't know if that's where our heart was. We, <laughs> Fair when enough. we go into businesses and I, I think, you know, both collectively and separately, we kind of, we approach it from a business standpoint. We don't approach it from like, a, I really love pizza and so I'm gonna open a pizza shop because while Ari is an amazing chef, he is not a Michelin star chef. So we're not like, oh let's just do whatever he does. does will be amazing. Um Dream so big, we kind of approached it from like a what area we're we gonna be in, where is this potential restaurant going to be and what will work in that space. And then we were like, okay, we can tackle a grilled cheese bar. And so I imagine that we thought the same way when we were going into Jackson Ward and into Richmond. But we really, I mean, it was a lot of dumb luck. A lot of elbow grease and, and some dumb luck. Um, a lot Did of you it. guys collaborate on the menu? Or how does that work? Or is that oh, yeah. solely you? On the menu, um, as with everything with Soul Taco, we all work together. Um, a lot of the ideas did come from Ari, but uh, Hush Puppy Nachos is an our thing. Mississippi Pyros Taquitos is my thing. Um, so we definitely all pitch in in every single arena. Um, yeah. Basically, yeah, while we do an idea, and we then just will all start discussing it and honing it, and then whatever ends up, you know, being the last iteration is generally the best one. And it's actually a little bit more than that. So we like to say that a, everything is a collaboration between the three of us, but the truth is, it's a collaboration with the entire team. Uh, obviously, the opening menu was just the three of us. We didn't have a team at that point, but we have a policy at our restaurant that if any of our cooks or even servers come up with a dish that makes it onto the menu. Uh, they get a revenue share from each one of the di of that dish that's sold for the first uh, for the first little while that's on the menu. Um, so some of the dishes, if they pitch us an idea that makes sense, and we have our criteria, as you know, it's got, the cost has to line up. It has to have some element of soul food in it. it has to have some element of uh, of Latin in it. You know, it can't be something we're already selling. You know, the basic criteria that makes sense. It has to be profitable. Um, and it has to be able to be sold within the price points that we're uh, targeting. But if anyone on our team comes up with a dish and we run that dish, they get paid as well. And so we use that to encourage our team to uh, be actively involved in the menu itself. What was the last dish somebody on your team came up with? Uh, Johnny Torado, who was one of our former managers, he came up with the dish that was the uh, pernil taco. So it was a slow roasted mojo pork. Uh, and that was done as a taco with a plantain hash and a jalapeno ranch with some pickled red onions on it. Um, one of our kitchen managers uh, will just put on a uh, banana pudding to our menu with uh, dulce de leche and um, Teddy Grahams. Uh, one of our other managers, Justin, just put a Mexican chocolate cheesecake on. Uh, up at Cabana, they have a little bit more leeway than we do 
in the Soul Tacos. So at that restaurant, they're constantly putting new things on uh, every day. Uh, they came up with a ham and cheddar biscuit topped with uh, sausage gravy that we ran with a little bit of Chipotle in there that we ran on our Sunday brunch this past weekend. So you, you've mentioned Cabana twice now, so let's just jump there. <laughs> Wait, let's walk through all the locations first. So they started in Jackson Ward, then they opened in downtown, and then now Cabana. So Cabana. Um, when a lot of restaurants are struggling to like find their footing or stay open or keep their doors you know, unlocked, you guys are expanding. So let's talk about that process and how it, how it came an opportunity for you and why you decided to jump at it. I, Trey, I'd you like want to take that one? Yeah, I'm going to take a stab at that one. Um, so I'd like to say um, I'd like to credit our growth to Richmond, to the community. Uh, since day one when we came along, um, um, our goal was to come into the community and really be a part of everything that's happening, you know, so engaging with other small businesses, engaging with people that, you know, are movers and shakers in the community. Um, and I'd like to say that now that COVID has happened uh, and a lot of more people are a, a bit more aware of, you know, the political landscape or what have you, um, I'd like to say that us starting off that way, being in the community is what helped us to become so successful now to be able to grow during a pandemic. Like, you know, um, initially going into it, we saw just like the rest of the restaurants, we saw that, you know, that sharp decline and us just really having to, to figure out what's happening. Um, and so we have been consistently just thinking of ways and different, different things that we can do to work things out. It just so happened that one of the people over at Cabana, they came to the restaurant when I was in there, I saw her and then I was just like, hmm, we worked before, uh, together before at Switch. One of the employees came over there and the idea just came in my head. I was like, hey, our tacos on the rooftop over at Cabana, we should make this thing happen. And I sent the text message to her. Uh, little did I know she took the idea to Canal and then just like in 24 hours later, they were like, all right, so, so tacos gonna be on the rooftop at Cabana. It just happened, <laughs> you know, um, and Ever since we've been there, it's been it's been phenomenal. Um, we've been able to take their food program from where it was to where it is now. Yeah, I think it was a lot of good timing too, because you know when COVID hit, they were they operating more like a nightclub bar, um, and that was not within you know the confines of the laws. And so he was like, "We need food, and we need good food to attract people." And so if you guys can come in help, you know, with the culinary program and kind of handle the food portion of it. We can do what we do and do the cocktail bit um, and then transform this bar nightclub into more of a lounge um, that has attractive food that people are willing to come all the way up there for to eat and having a, have a dining experience as opposed to just, you know, partying, get some drinks and get their dance on. So it and we missed the You missed the best part where, like, said it all happened within 24 hours he reached out to us uh what about four days before phase one was supposed to begin and said we want you guys to take over the kitchen can you be ready to go with a new menu new staff everyone trained ready to execute uh by the beginning by friday when phase one begins this conversation was i want to say on a tuesday or wednesday yeah and so we're like yeah sure we'll figure that out so what does we that entail exactly? how, expecting how do you the first few weeks how do you get your business up and running so quickly how does that happen a lot of uh, when we when we figure it out, we'll let you know. 
Keeping their secrets to yourself. I understand. So is it a completely <laughs> different menu at Cabana? It's not the sole taco that is the downtown location and the original location? So I'm glad right. you asked that. Um, because one of the most important pieces to us uh, when we opened Soul Taco was for the food to be affordable and approachable. And so we've done our best to keep every item on the menu below $5 on the, uh, I, I like to refer to them as the street level Soul Tacos. Um, we wanted everything to be fresh, locally sourced, made in house, but also affordable and approachable uh, so that anybody can come off the street and get in and get one taco and enjoy the experience, even if you can't afford to spend a large sum of money. On the rooftop, we had a little bit more leeway up there in terms of the price point that we can attract from the consumers. So it opened up the menu offerings a lot more and allowed us to do a lot more expansive items and use a lot more uh, higher end ingredients. For example, we have a uh, butter poached lobster empanada up there, uh, crab cake flautas, things that we could never execute at $5 a plate. Yes, truffle aioli. Yes, get into it. Y'all should come on up there and eat. It's good, too. You know, I've never, I wouldn't like I've never been on Cabana Rooftop before. I don't think I'm cool enough. I'm, in fact, I'm come sure. Come out tomorrow, neither am I. not cool enough either, except What's for now we've worked there. there. <laughs> what would you tell me? Like, what would I like, I'm, It's very intimidating for me. I mean, I don't, anything on the roof, it's just like, it's just, it's kind of scary. So like, he's rocking that dad hat tonight, isn't he? Like he's really going, got it going. Walk me through the Cabana rooftop experience, if you don't mind. I've never been either. Really? It's, it's an yeah, interesting I one. I have a VIP yeah. table saved for you guys tomorrow night. <laughs> Look at that. That's awfully sweet. So we've got some taco offerings up there, but they're a little bit more, Rooftop friendly. Uh, so we've got a blackened fish taco uh, with a nice jicama slaw. Um, like Ari mentioned, we have lobster empanadas. We've got crab cake flautas. So you'll see a little bit more seafood on the menu. Um, we also, you know, people come there with their friends and, you know, groups of six and eight and they want shareables. And so we've got some shareables. We've got some things that you're not going to, you know, get your cocktail dress dirty with. The, the vibe on the rooftop is very Richmond, though. It's very Richmond. So, you know, in Richmond, there's all sorts of people. There's no dress code up there. You don't have to worry about being in your Sunday best or anything like that. If you want to wear a cocktail dress, by all means. If you want to come up there in a dad hat and a polo, you are welcome to do so. Just Rocking that dad hat. <laughs> yes. Yes, um, you will Trey, be seen. You and I last fit. spoke, I think, in March or April um, over Zoom, similar to today. Uh, right when I guess you guys were figuring out what to do with the restaurants in terms of the virus. You just had food poisoning. Are you going to tell us where that was now? <laughs> oh my God. No, I can't do that. I can't. No, do that. Okay. <laughs> yes, you can. This is a PSA. You can 100% tell us where who put you in the hospital. Yeah. Oh, that was so scary. Oh. Trey was out of commission for weeks. Right. Weeks? Yes. You better have set that place on fire. You tell me no. after we get off this and I'll set it on fire. Roby, I lost so much weight, though. Like, it was a blessing in disguise. <laughs> well, have you seen that Devil's Wear Prada where she says she's, what, one... Exactly. <laughs> one stomach flu away from her goal weight? I, I think about yes. that all the time. Yes, my new diet, I eat a cube of cheese until I feel faint. <laughs> yes! Well, you know, I don't eat it. You're great. feeling me. <laughs> How is it inside your restaurant? Are people following the rules? Is your staff um, feeling comfortable? Are they, are, are they coming to you guys with concerns? Um, actually, everybody has been relatively, you know, good. We, I can't think of any specific instances where people have just been refusing to wear masks or anything. Uh, everybody complies. 
as far as um, as far as the the guidelines, I think it's because they all know, you know, what's up. Um, it, you know, it's a little difficult as far as the restaurant thing goes. You know, having our chefs or our, our cooks, you know, stand over a hot grill with the mask on and like CDC guidelines. That's it's a whole lot. You know, CDC has they have guidelines, but that's contingent on everybody reading them and understanding them. You know, <laughs> some people might come in and be like, well, why does this person not have on a mask? It's like, hey. It's probably like 150 degrees over that grill. <laughs> I promise you, we'll tell them to take shallow breaths and not breathe on your food, but I don't want to kill anybody, you know? Um, but, you know, uh, the way that it's going now, everybody has been, you know, more than, than pleasant. We've been getting a lot of, you know, people coming out. So it just looks like people are ready to kind of get back to the way things were before. I'm ready to get back to the way thing. And I, I realized that's, I mean, I'm not slaving over a hot grill. So I'm sure that individual is really ready. To right. That. Yes. I mean, <laughs> Very much. But, so one, two, three restaurants. Do we expect four, five, and six next year? Uh, who says we're going to wait till next year? Ooh, <laughs> let's break some news. What's going on? Uh, so when I, when we first opened, I said, I want 50 in five years. And they kind of laughed at me. And then we opened the second one inside the first year. And they were like, maybe he's right. Maybe we can do 50 in five years. And I am still holding by that goal. We are going to get 50 in five years. Nice. Other, other locations, not just in Richmond, though, correct? <laughs> right. Am I allowed? All of them in Richmond. We're going to do all of them in that one mile in that radius block. that we have. Oh, yeah. Right now, we have three, we have three within a mile of, from the furthest point to the furthest point. It's a mile. So and we've got, got tons three of room in Richmond. You could yeah, just keep going mile by mile. <laughs> Listen, if Subway and Starbucks can do it, I don't see why Soul Taco can. <laughs> and then I'm going to be 50 in five years. <laughs> <laughs> That's how quickly opening a restaurant ages you. Right. Right. Exactly. I had no gray hair, I promise. Before everything kind of hit, you guys had a really incredible experience with a, a Food Network star. You want to talk about that? Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Captain Spike. How'd that go? Guy Fieri. <laughs> that was that was amazing. Oh, that that did happen, huh? Right. <laughs> like that was like five years ago, right? <laughs> it's five COVID years, right? What, right. Kind, of, what kind of heads up did you guys get about his visit? Uh, there was a hurricane during the time that he yes. was going to actually make like come, and then all of a sudden plans changed, and the hurricane moved things around. And I think we had what like two days notice. And that was mm -hmm. two days before we were about to open our uh, chocolate slip location. So it was, you know, perfect timing. No big deal. <laughs> right. <laughs> Handled it. <laughs> what kind of impact does that have on business? Obviously, you get a lot of free publicity, um, local news. It was extra crazy. News, but what real impact does it have? Um, so just to kind of give you an idea. So our first taste of like, uh, of response or, or just like, you know, kind of like media building us up was Richmond Black Restaurant Experience. Have to shout them out. I just wanted to make sure I got them in here today. Um, hmm. But they prepared us a little bit. Um, and by a little bit, I mean a lot of it. Because <laughs> in our hmm. first year, we did Richmond Black Restaurant Experience. And that whole week was the craziest. That, that Monday of that week was the busiest day in the history of Soul Taco. But it was the slowest day of that week. Um, so it really did prepare us a little bit. Um, but after the show, it was like that on steroids because we were getting called. Not only were we getting the response locally, 
Um, I got a man that came before we even aired, as a matter of fact. He was a fan of Dinah's Drive-Ins and Dives. He had been to, like, I think 2,700 of them. And he came there just to taste our food. Once it aired, that that night that it aired, our phone started blowing up. We were getting calls from all over the country on how, you know, people could. Some some people even wanted us to freeze dry and ship our tacos to them. <laughs> um, so it it really took it really took us from you know locally being engaged in the community to you know overnight literally. Uh, to people seeing us all across the country and being interested. And now when the reruns come on, people are calling us and, you know, taking screenshots of us being on the screen and putting it out there. And it, it, it is everything that you could dream of out of an experience. And then some. I'm going to go out on a limb here, Roby. I think when this podcast drops, they're going to have a similar experience. <laughs> oh. Lines out the door. I think people are going to be calling from all over the country yeah, after listening to this. Yeah, when they listen to Eat It Virginia all over the country. Yes. 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 Eat It America. Yeah, for sure. Oh, truly. Totally. Well, so I know that that's like a super involved thing, Guy Fieri is. I was part of one of the recordings in another restaurant here in Richmond. And it's like you are, I guess, are in the kitchen for 24 hours just constantly cooking because he – Takes take after take after take. Is that how it worked for you? Yeah, I don't. I didn't read that NDA very well, and so I'm gonna let Nar respond because I don't know what I'm not allowed to say. No, I Let's mean it was exactly what you said it was. It was constant. It, not we weren't really in the kitchen for 24 hours beforehand. There was definitely a lot of cleaning to be done. A lot of like fine tuning. Uh, they were basically like anything that you can see, the cameras can see times 10. And so you have to make sure that this is cleaner than it's ever been in its life, like brand spanking new. Um, so that was a lot. Uh, and then we did three days of continuous taping. Um, he was in there for about, I don't know, 25 minutes max. Um, <laughs> but everything else leading up to it was like, make this 37 times, present this 82 times, say this word 160 times. And it was just over and over and over again. And there was a lot of, I got a shadow in that shot, do it right. again. I got a yesterday. We did it this way. got to make sure, you know, if you're not going from the left side and the right side, the cameras, you know, I'm, I'm right-handed. So everything I do is, is the same way. And they're like, no, the camera's over that shoulder. So now you have to do it from your left hand. And I kept dropping things because I'm not used to that. Oh, wow. Yeah. That makes sense. never really think about. And kind of like how I thought opening a restaurant would be super easy. And then you get in it and you're like, what? Like, what? Right. <laughs> this is not what you sold me. This is not what I saw on TV. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just wanted to be on TV. <laughs> well, you're right. You did say about 24 hours. It was uh, three eight-hour days of filming back to back to back to get us down to what like an eight minute segment yeah. maybe a mm -hmm. 10 minute segment so 24 hours worth of filming to get us down to what you see in the final cut that's wild i i kept getting text messages about where he was his car where his car was like who was what place and all that stuff and i was like oh god just leave the poor people alone we did that too we did that too well, i'm sure you guys at times a thousand well, nobody was allowed to mention that they were filming. That was part of the, the deal because they didn't want to get swarmed with, you know, people disrupting the shoot. 
And so we're sitting there on Instagram and NARS every five minutes looking to see who randomly announced that they're closing today for maintenance or cleaning or system failure or something. And we were trying to track down where else they were going because we knew how many restaurants they were filming in Richmond. We didn't know which one. We didn't know ones. We had a couple of friends that told us that they made it to the shortlist, but none of them actually made it onto the show. So we were trying to figure out who's actually filming. And Nara was just really on that. She's like, I found it. ZZQ. They're closed tomorrow. They're definitely <laughs> filming ZZQ. I mean, he's so subtle too, Guy Fieri. He's so <laughs> subtle. I mean, he just kind of rolls into everybody. Right. You can't see him coming. Subtle like a freight train. He's hard to like, he just blends in. Yeah, right. that red car, you can see. It's like Fun camouflage. Story. Fun story. Uh, Nar touched the car. Apparently, that's a no-no. Uh, so and I did not sit on so <laughs> I was trying to get, catch my balance because we were posing for a photo in front of the car and we were like kneeling. And I was like, oh, let me grab my balance real quick. And they were like, no, stop. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Don't Back away car. from the vehicle. <laughs> right. I was like, you can't touch his car, you can't touch his hair. Yeah. Those are right. sunglasses probably. You know, I didn't try to touch his hair. I thought about it a few times. I, I really just wanted to be like, <laughs> I so wish you had. So wish you had. <laughs> me too. Me too. If in retrospect, next time. would have been you, to be fair. It's true. <laughs> right. So where we were filming, somebody actually came to see if the restaurant was open and it was closed, and the individual who couldn't get into the restaurant actually gave the middle finger. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Rude. Like that was a, Welcome to Richmond. I was like, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> oh, the producers told us some stories about the sets that they had been on and some of the restaurants and how people reacted. Uh, I mean, one of the producers was telling us about uh, they filmed somewhere and it was a pizza place and the construction workers were working across the street and one of them threw a pizza at her or something. <laughs> like, they were telling That's us. It's like my dream. <laughs> throw a pizza at somebody or get a pizza thrown at you yes <laughs> yes <laughs> yes <laughs> you you know what this is probably off topic but i have always wanted to ing to start a food fight at a buffet that's been a dream of mine <laughs> so, do we share dreams <laughs> I, 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 want to. I have so wanted to go into like a golden corral and just start the and just chuck one of those mini corns Yes. Yes. So maybe we need to have like a soul taco food fight. <laughs> Absolutely. Spray everybody down with anti-back and then just get them in there to not to eat the food, just to throw it at each other. Yep, yep, I wanted yep. to ask you guys, do all three of you live in Richmond? I know Trey. No, I'm the only one in Richmond. I'm in Jackson Ward right now as we speak. See that? So I'm, I'm ask, I ask because um, I know a lot of the protest lines have gone kind of close to your restaurant. How's the, the vibe been? You know, once the sun sets these last couple of weeks, I know it's been stressful, incredibly tense. Uh, for some people, I'm sure, but not for me. Um, <laughs> we didn't put up not a single board. I didn't go look into buying a nail, a board, none of that. I didn't, I, I, it, it, because, like I said, once again, we were engaged in the community. Um, last year, we've, we've done um, Juneteenth since we started. We've been a part of the community. So a lot of people in the community already know that. So when they were heading, you know, and, and marching around, they didn't even come down Second Street. They came down Second Street on the opposite side of Broad Street, but they didn't cross over into Jackson Ward. Um, I had both civilians and police officers calling me saying that they were outside of Jackson Ward to make sure nobody came over there to bother it. Um, but at the end of the day, I, 
you know, I would have, the, the tacos would have been, we would have been selling tacos regardless. If somebody came over there and broke out a window, I would have just been selling tacos out of the window. Um, because... It would have helped a lot for COVID, by the way. Right. Right. <laughs> All the but, I mean... <laughs> but, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we are a part of the community as a Black-owned business, and me being a Richmonder, I've been engaged in the community from the beginning. So... You know, my whole thing has been support companies that support you, um, and that's understood. We've been out there with the protesters. We fed protesters on several occasions. Um, uh, a part of us coming to Cabana was um, also, you know, um, Kunal showing his solidarity with Black-owned businesses and bringing us in there um, to be a part of it. So, so it honestly has really brought to light some really terrible parts of the history of Virginia and Richmond specifically, but also as a part of that, I'm, I'm starting to see. So if I could just speak freely about it, it, it's the first time that I've actually felt that me being black has brought me something positive. Um, and I hate that that comes out that way, but it, it's literally how I felt. It, it, it feels like now people are starting to support uh, to support me, to support the business, to actually come out there and to say, hey, we are all better when we all work together, when we support each other. Um, and I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that we were able to kind of get out there and start this before, you know, any of the, the protests and things like that happened, that we were already in the community because it's been a passion of mine from the beginning. Um, and... Is, is you rarely see the, that kind of come full circle so quickly. You know, some people at the end of like their 15, 20 year career, somebody will come back and say, how can you help them? You know, us two years into it, you know, everybody's protesting, restaurants are having to close and put Black Lives Matter on the front of their door. And we don't have to do any of that because from the beginning, from our inception, we've been here in this community and doing that work and, and bringing this stuff to, to the, the forefront. It feels great that a lot of the restaurants that I've worked in previously and felt a certain type of way are now, they now have or are starting the conversation that Black Lives Matter. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm hoping that a lot more will come from this. And so if you're going to be a leader in that space, where is Soul Taco going to take it? What's the next step for you guys? Um, so what we do with our staff, um, because I, I think it's important for us to, <clears throat> to really empower our staff uh, and to really empower the people here in Richmond. Um, so what we do in our restaurants that we've done from day one is we do a tip share. Um, we also plan to do profit sharing in the future um, so that we can enrich the lives of our employees and make the changes that way. I also, all, I'm always engaged with um, people in government. I'm always talking to um, our council person. I'm not going to drop names because, yeah, not doing that. Um, but I'm always <laughs> talking to people in the government and that are the movers and shakers to advocate for the little guy, the, the you know, everybody else. Um, I'm going to get out of that territory because I know it's election season and I'm, I'm not even getting in it. Um, but <laughs> uh, I'd vote for you, Trey. <laughs> I'm going to vote for you. This um, is another breaking news. <laughs> Trey's running for Trey office. For mayor. Yeah. Maybe one day. I, I would love to. It's, I was, like I said, I was born and raised here. I graduated from Richmond Public Schools. Um, so it's been 
incredibly important for me on this side to show that it's possible that you can come from Richmond, you can go to Richmond public schools, you can get an education. I only have a high school education. I dropped out of college, okay? Um, it is possible if you stick to it and you, you know, um, don't go into anything thinking that you know everything. My two business partners on this call know a whole lot more than me, and I am not afraid to say that. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they know what they know. And because they know it, I trust them to do it. You know what I'm saying? And whatever they tell me to do, I will work it out. Yes, it, that doesn't mean that I don't argue. <laughs> and it doesn't mean that I don't have ideas that I, I bring to them all the time. I do. I'm a steady flow of ideas to the point where sometimes they tell me to shut it up. But I really want people to know that you it, there's not just one way to do things. There's not just one way to achieve your goals. You should immerse yourself in whatever it is that you're good at, whatever it is that you can do and reach out as much as you can and be empowered and just know that you don't have to leave Richmond to make anything happen, you know? And that was really the, the, the message that a lot of people were saying to me going into this. They were like, well, how are you going to do that in Richmond? Ain't nobody going to support you. Nobody's going to come. And two years later, here we are. I like it. You're listening to Eat It Virginia and we have all of Soul Taco here today with Roby and Scott. Roby, I'm so excited. Okay. First of all, I'm excited to go to Soul Taco and sit in our VIP seats. I know, they offer us a table twice. Does that mean we get to sit two times? But we don't really Different sit nights? inside restaurants yet. It's outside of the cabana oh, yeah. on the rooftop. I can wear my dad polo. Is that what he called it? A dad polo? Y your dad hat and your polo. I'm proud to rock the dad hat and polo. What's a dad hat anyway? I don't know. I've heard of a dad bod, which I also proudly sport. I, I, I don't know. Just a, you know, just a dad hat. Whatever. All right. Well, after we go to Soul Taco's VIP experience, I have concert tickets for an event in September. So this is interesting because I've really been missing kind of this in me who just looked at you earlier to tell you that I don't know what a musical Breaking movie to is. Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, it means nothing. Um, I really kind of been missing that live concert yeah. thing. So what and where and whom and sure. there's two other words, how and what's the, what's the five? Who, what, when, where, why, how much? Yep. Which is ironically a song Great. by Keller Williams, <laughs> who I am seeing... At the end of the month, the song Man, is called I, Stupid I, Questions. I just punted that to you. You like that? So well, that was great. Yes. So the Broadbury Entertainment Group, uh, yeah. who runs Broadbury uh, on Broad Street, they've been, they among other people, concert promoters, have been figuring out ways to make COVID work. Uh, obviously, it doesn't work very well for concert promoters and doesn't work very well for musicians, but they've come up with ways to have drive-up concerts, I think, Three Sheets to the Wind did one earlier this summer. At City Stadium. Yeah, so you, you drive your car and you park. And I think at that one, you might have to stay in your car. I think now things are getting a little looser. You can maybe Dance sit around next your to your car or on top of your car. But this concert, the Keller Williams concert at Bon Secord, um, the former Washington... Redskins. We don't say that anymore. Oh, right. The former Washington football team's training facility behind the science museum in richmond oh yeah Woo! because it's changed that's a long one now so the training how about just the plain old training facility yes well it's the, called the bon secours training facility i think technically either way it's a pod concert so instead of buying a ticket to the concert you buy a pod for either four or six people i mean i'm so ready to see a concert um even almost more so than going to a restaurant i'm so ready so to is go to it a concert. byob you know, I didn't even look at I didn't even look at all the details. Like, can you bring snacks? 
I did not look at all the details, but I will report back. To, it's sold out. It's sold out in one day. People are, people are ready to go see still live music. And there's other concerts happening, so go be sure to check out Broadberry Entertainment Group's website. Um, I'm sure there's others around town that are happening. So, and do you venue. know what goes great with concerts? I know many things, that are, but what are you talking about? Tacos! This episode of Eat It, Virgi <laughs> Eat it Virginia? <laughs> this episode of Eat It Virginia... <laughs> No! Oh, God, no.